0: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff.
1: All right, my friends, you're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. And it is a Friday, in fact, Friday before Memorial Day weekend and It is uh, just good to be here. Thank you for joining us. The email address where you can contact me with your thoughts, opinions, feedback. Yes, even that adoration and praise, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. And of course, uh, we are streaming. We think, who knows, you never know with the way that YouTube and these jokers operate their businesses, but we're streaming on uh, social media channels as well to search for Todd Huff Show on those channels and as I said earlier, it's good to be here. There's a lot of things um, I want to get to today, including, well, we have a, an interview uh, with with Jay Height of Shepherd Community that we'll get to next segment as well, but there are um, several things that I want to touch on today. didn't know if you saw this or not, but AOC is selling her website, I guess selling abolish ice merchandise and t-shirts got the old-fashioned ice machine and someone it looks like it's graffitied abolish over it abolish ice and that's um what they're selling what aoc is out there selling in the midst of a just a crisis along the southern border seems like the perfect scenario to abolish um Immigrations and customs enforcement during this incredible crisis brought on by the radical left we've got a a gentleman in in Atlanta, and I gotta tell you this has entertained me to no end. I'm gonna play this um sound bite here in a bit, but there is a defund the police you know one of these folks who. Wants to defund the police in, I think he's in Atlanta. His name's Antonio Brown, not to be confused with the receiver for now Tampa Bay. Antonio Brown was in, I think it was near Atlanta. Let me make sure I get, yeah, in Atlanta. He's an Atlanta city councilman. He's voted to defund the Atlanta police by $73 million, has his car stolen by children, by children. And I just, there's this news, uh, This the, the news, of course, the local news covers this. And I have to tell you, it is one of the most entertaining things I've listened to in, in, in some time. And especially, and you're not going to be able to see this, but as he is um, in the background, you can see law enforcement right law enforcement that he has basically said we don't need to give you funding you're part of the problem we're going to pull your funding and you know this will apparently um have good results somehow but he's getting his car stolen by kids he says there are 11, 11 12-year-old kids still in this guy's car and I I just I want you to hear this this has again I'm not gonna play this whole thing, but it is quite entertaining to me to listen to this report from the local newscast. I th- I guess it's Atlanta or Atlanta area. Just listen to this. Again, the guy the guy who had his car stolen oh. is an Atlanta County Councilman or City County Councilman, city councilman, I guess. And I think he's he's running for or has interest in running for mayor. So just listen. To- Listen to this report, the hypocrisy and the and the ridiculousness of where these liberal policies lead us. Remember he wants to defund the police that when they're they're shooting the interview of him, having his car stolen by eleven eleven year old kids one of the kids he says is six. he thinks he's as young as six, and he actually says that this demonstrates or illustrates i guess. Um, how much we have to adjust or address the issue of childhood, childhood poverty. But just listen to this. It's quite entertaining to me anyway.
0: Was out of his car meeting with community leaders when he says a group of very young thieves jumped in his car and took off.
1: Fox Live's Patty Pan spoke
0: to the councilman. She joins us now Patty live Pan. tonight with more.
1: Patty, Patty, what do you tell you? Atlanta Police Headquarters. Yeah.
0: yeah, you know, the councilman tells us that police actually have found his car, but really we don't have any other details than that. Now, the councilman also said he never saw it coming. He tells us he was literally three feet, three or four feet away from his car when he believes what appeared to be four young children, he says no more than 11 or 12 years old, got into his car. But really what's most shocking is he believes that one of the children was no more than six or seven years old and at the time he saw them, he says they were holding a toy. What? There was no care for is. loss of life mm. and for themselves or, or myself. Atlanta Councilman and the oral candidate the Antonio Brown here. says what happened to him in his district in the Dixie Hills community in northwest Atlanta is a perfect example of what is happening to our youth and why we as a society need to step up and help. Councilman Brown tells Fox 5 four young children stole his white Mercedes coupe just before noon Wednesday. <laughs> and at the time from he was standing his car. just a few feet away speaking with community leader ben norman one kid was in the driver's seat ben attempted to open the door uh, to get him out of the car he Using fought with force. ben i had been engaged and tried to get him out of the car the three other kids were trying to figure out to get in the car or stay out of the car he started to hit on the gas ben let go and then the, the kid world? started to drag me in the car a half of a block
1: the kid Officers dragged were called- him in the car a half a block what the world's going on over here antonio To me, this illustrates just how much just how much folks like Antonio Brown have no idea how to address some of these issues. He's three feet from his car, a group of eleven year olds take this car over, take off, drag him down the road, it sounds like. Been overpowered reminds me when Jim Acosta was trying to wrestle the microphone from the young intern at the White House. It's just, I I mean, they were overpowered by children. It reminds me of a Seinfeld when Kramer was going to the dojo and was beating up all the little kids in karate class, and they cornered him and beat him up with little fists of fury. This guy has his car stolen three feet away. Thinks that the answer, now granted, I'm not suggesting that if a group of kids steal a car, that cops or law enforcement can stop any any crime from happening but it is just so ironic to look at these pictures which you can't see but in many of these shots he's standing there talking talking with officers who he wants to defund i don't know what his solution would be to this i mean normally you would have you would report this to the police which it appears that he does i don't know what is what he thinks should happen but he continues here i want to hear this part as well but he says that the problem here. It, this illustrates that we need to, de, or we need to address uh, the issue of childhood poverty
0: verbena street in northwest atlanta according to councilman brown he turned off his car which has a keyless start got out of the car and was standing nearby when he says he noticed four young children no more than 11 or 12 years old the youngest possibly six or seven walking around a nearby store and within seconds they were in his
2: car one of them jumped in on the passenger side hopped over real quick it's
1: a neighborhood association started the car up.
2: it's one of those keyless cars a you know, where you just push the button and you know quickly you know, we try to go there, and we're going to maybe try to get the kid out of the car or something. But like, what do you do to a kid, right? Right. You know, it's like, yeah. So he'd already started, figured out. I mean, they had plans; they knew what they were going to do. Just hit the gas, and he pulled off, peeled out, and took off. Generational poverty go. has gone
0: on long enough. It's time that we start addressing the root of this problem, because there's no amount of officers you're going to put on the streets in Atlanta that could have stopped this from happening.
1: This is the kind of stupid stuff that I generational poverty is what is what's caused this he said i don't know if he's just assuming that they're because they're stealing his car that they're poor i don't know if that's the assumption if he knows this definitively i mean this is kind of an an indictment against children who are um, not wealthy are they all out there stealing vehicles i mean this just to see him launch Launch here into one of his campaign speeches over his car getting stolen. She's getting dragged down the car as an 11 year old's taking off in it. It's just, to me, this is just so symbolic of of watching the unraveling of these liberal ideas. We need to give away, you know, more money to this problem um, when obviously there's a lot better solutions to these problems. You're not allowed to talk about them just like you're not allowed to talk about. Uh, problems that uh, facebook and youtube don't want you talking about although now we can talk about we can now say that this virus may have leaked from a lab that was something that was blocked on facebook and social media that was considered that was considered um You know, a conspiracy theory, a danger to our democracy, undermining the efforts of Dr. Fauci and the CDC to keep people safe. This was going to cause racism towards Asians. In fact, this probably has led to the uptick in violence against Asian Americans and so forth. But now it's okay to say this. Biden's in office, Trump's out. They don't have to worry about him for the time being. And now, suddenly, you can talk about The possibility of the virus being being released not intentionally, um, just an accident, something that was created in a lab and released somehow through an accident or exposure or whatever um, to the world. So it's just to, to look at these ideas and to look at their their proposed solutions. And this is like a Saturday Night Live skit to me. I mean literally this guy's out um you know out there telling the people that there shouldn't be funding for the police. He gets his car stolen, they call the police. He gets it wrestled away not by a gang of you know adults, a gang of children, unarmed children. They were playing with a toy, one of them 6 or 7. Antonio Brown gets his car wrestled away, getting dragged down the street by by a, a kid and driving his car away. And then he says the problem is generational poverty and we've got to basically come together and fix this problem. It's just it's it's so crazy. So many things are wrong with this. And I've said on here before I'm going to take a break. We want to get to this conversation with with Jay Hyde here after the break. But all the, the this these things that the liber, the liberals tell us, the radical left, some of these things are so insane. And I think one of the the key components of The radical left's ideology is this. None of us are responsible—well, if you're a conservative Republican, this doesn't apply because you're responsible for you as well. But in general, no one's responsible for his or her actions, according to leftist ideology, but we're all responsible for the actions of other people. It's society's fault, in the mind of Antonio Brown here, it's society's fault that these kids— are stealing cars because they're they're poor. Has nothing to do with anything else. That's the reason. They wouldn't be out there stealing cars if they had if they had more more money. Which of course is ridiculous in the sense that crime is only committed by people in poverty. I mean, I, you've seen well-known movie stars, Hollywood types shoplifting, right? NFL Athletes who were selling drugs and so forth. The idea that the only people who commit crime are poor. And I'm not saying that there's not something there that says, um, you know, poverty creates problems and so forth. I'm not suggesting that. I'd like to see poverty addressed as well. In fact, that's one of the reasons why we have Jay Hyde. I just think that people like Antonio Brown running for positions in government is not going to be the one to solve this. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be people who have real legitimate ideas and care and concern for their community not someone who blames society at large for the problems um, that that antonio brown faced recently walking the streets of the atlanta suburbs anyway i just to me this is a microcosm of so many things i wanted to share it i was watching it this morning and post-millennial is where i found this but anyway quick time out Next segment, we're going to share a conversation I had with Jay Height, and talking about really the real way to address these issues besides simply just having the government throw money at it. So, Jay Height talking about uh, breaking the cycle of poverty. One of the uh, one of the ten assets of, of, of breaking the cycles of poverty that he and Shepherd Community try to do on a daily daily basis here in our local community in Indianapolis. So timeout is in order. Quick timeout. Be back here in just a minute. I've got my friend, Jay, uh, Jay Height, the executive director of Shepherd Community Center on the line with me talking about the assets to breaking this cycle of poverty which is an important thing and oftentimes we, we talk about it on here because conservatism uh, from con, you know conservative values and principles there, there's answers and solutions to some of these things and they don't involve government so I appreciate what Jay and Shepard do are are doing as it pertains to these things Jay welcome to the program how are you today sir
2: uh, I'm doing well. Thank you for this
1: opportunity. Well, it's a pleasure, and I admire what you guys are doing. And so we've we've talked, we've gone through four of the ten assets to breaking the cycle of poverty. We're going to talk about the fifth today. So what is the fifth asset to breaking the cycle of poverty?
2: Mental acuity, which, which we define as not only the ability of, and of like, Acquired skills, reading, writing, math, but critical thinking skills. And those critical thinking skills create this foundation for good decision making.
1: Okay, and you were telling me offline before we started here, which was just remarkable to get my head around. I'm hoping to get this stat right, but 80% of the jobs that are uh, going to be in existence in between 2030 and 2035, don't even exist yet. Is that right?
2: That's right. We, we are in this major transformation. Uh, Todd, it took four generations to go from agrarian society, the farming society that we lived in, to industrial. The rapid rate of change is it's taking one from industrial manufacturing to, to this artificial intelligence world that we're moving to. And it's one generation and it's so rapid. Uh, I you know, I'm I'm fifty five years old and, and I tell folks that things like remote controls didn't exist. I was the remote control. The younger mm-hmm. three brothers, it was my job <laughs> to change mm-hmm. the channel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now you have smart TVs where you're talking to them. Uh, uh, we we think of when the, the computers back in the 80s when I was in college that we're in a big room and uh, and a floppy disk and all these things. And now we have more computing power in a phone than we did then. It has just been so rapid the change. It brings a lot of really good things, but it also brings some challenges.
1: And one of those things, obviously, is being able to, to the point here of mental acuity, is to Kind of have a mindset or a skill set that can evolve um, i've i've heard people say this when talking about our education system that um, we used to teach people how to think now uh, there's some folks that want to tell people what to think and so this it sounds to me like you 're kind of talking about how to think how to be kind of mentally agile to be flexible to be to kind of have a a skill set that um or, or I guess a perspective that says edu- education is an ongoing thing. I never can really just set my roots in, in a sense and say this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I've got to be, I've got to be prepared to learn new things. Is that really what this is about?
2: Right. We still have to be able to communicate. We we can't live in a world of emojis and <laughs> you know little acronym that mean things that I have to ask my kids what they mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, in, in texting and we have all the newest range of, of uh, applications that you can use uh, TikTok and Facebook is sort of antiquated now in many kids minds and, and so uh, all of these things uh, are tools but we still have to know how to communicate and communicate isn't sending information one way It's it's being able to hear and process that you know, I think the other challenge is uh, we need a generation to learn how to write, to uh, be able to, to develop ideas, not just clip and paste. And with the rapid rate of change, and if, you know, that we talk about at the fast food restaurant, ro- robots will be, making our food and so maybe we'll get the right order when we go to the drive-thru right (laughs) but but uh, the roles of the the people there uh, they're calling them cobots that they'll need that co-worker of that human experience and we have to train folks to know how to do that and so it's not just content that we have to train folks for it's how to think it's it's that critical thinking Uh, it's being able to look at a problem and say, "What are the different options?"
1: Mm-hmm. And that's important. That's those things have always been been important. But to your point, it's uh, that some of the if the jobs are changing so rapidly, folks have to be prepared to continually learn. And of course, communicating and knowing how to deal with people is a huge huge part of that as well. What What do you at Shepherd? What are some ways? I guess you're able to step into this space and and provide a solution to this asset of of mental acuity? What are some things you're doing and maybe how are ways can our, our listeners maybe get involved and help out?
2: Yeah, I think what we're trying to do is even with all of the 400 plus students that we work with on a regular basis is being able to teach them these skills and make them critically think to figure out things. Yes, we need the foundation of, of reading, and those little guys have got to know how to read, and we're working hard, and, and we're bringing in new reading specialists. And um, you, you up to third grade, you learn how to read. From third grade on, you read to learn. And so if hmm. you don't have that skill, it will haunt you the rest of your life. And, and so we need people who will and we can do this remotely on computer, uh, is, is to read with the little guys, uh, to help them uh, be read to and, and, and work on their reading comprehension skills. That's fundamental. That, that has to be the core base of what we do. Uh, we wanna help them with their math. And then with our high schoolers, we wanna help them. COVID has is, is been a huge challenge to us so we want to get these foundational things because they're central uh, to helping us then be able to, to bring these. Uh, and, and it's a term used, I hate the term soft skills. Mm-hmm. I don't like that I, because it's, uh, I call them building blocks. But the critical thinking, the communications, those skills. And that's going to take through, uh, you know, it's almost in this mentoring, one on one role. So you said that. Uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, uh, and then we're working on a partnership. Ivy Tech is a critical partner with us to figure out how we can offer lifelong learning and continued upskills, up tra- you know, up uh, retraining for folks as things change and helping them have access. Uh, it's no longer the time you go away for two years or four years and get a degree, and then you're set for your life. It's going to have to continue to be in this process of lifelong learning. So, you've,
1: you've given a couple of, of examples there, uh, just reading reading with students, and you said that that can be done. That can be done remotely. Just in that, that's just one of the examples you'd given there. But if someone wanted to sign up to do that, and they say, you know what, I'm that's something I'm interested in. I can do that. Um. How how does one go about doing that? What's the sort of a commitment or schedule that would have to be, um, to, you know, maintained for that to work out? What does that look like specifically, Jay?
2: We ask folks for an hour a week, and we will work with them. They would just call and ask to talk to Donna Alexander, who leads our volunteer effort, efforts uh, in connecting volunteers to those places that they could impact the lives of our neighbors. Uh, and, but we, we really think that, that there's that hour. There's some others. We have two volunteers who are helping teach a jobs for life program, but it may be being willing to be a mentor to someone who's getting a new job. Uh, the Greek word paraclete, you, I talk a lot about the one who comes alongside to help carry the load. Mm-hmm. The New Testament, it defines the Holy Spirit. We think we need to have paracletes for those that we're helping get new jobs to help them process through and, and help them um, be able to have someone to talk to to the challenges. Because we all know every one of our jobs has their ups and downs, and, and we need encouragement, and, and that's a, another one. And Donna would still be the person to talk to
1: is there a uh, a need that you have that's greater than the others or is it, is it equal there, Jay, or, or more, do you need more help with the folks that are in the you know stage of life where they're getting jobs or do you need the help more with the younger people or where's, where's the biggest need?
2: I think the, the question for your listeners is where's their passion. Okay. Uh, we would rather place them to where they feel comfortable coming alongside. We're, we're working even within our own programs to hire our neighbors at Shepherd to fill certain roles, and and there are those folks who could use those paralegals that of, of our own employees. And so, someone say, "Hey, that may be what I like. I, I like to work with adults." Others may say, "I could teach skills," um, and others could say, "I really like working with the little guys." You know, someone might say, "You know what? I want to do is I want to teach how to do home repairs." Uh, hmm. My wife would probably sign me up for that. Um, <laughs> and uh, but that's that's something that maybe someone says, "Hey, I've got I've got the ability to do that."
1: Okay, okay, okay. So if if folks are interested, they Don is the person that sounds like they they would reach out to. How how do they get a hold of Don, or what's the best way to, to go about that?
2: yeah our phone number 317 three one seven three seven five zero two zero three is our phone number or her email is donna a at shepherdcommunity.org. dot org
1: awesome jay well it's always <clears throat> excuse me a pleasure to to speak with you and you're doing some really good work on um on helping folks and and um it's it's a much needed service and and you do so many things. So I admire you and the team that you've built and it's good to, um, to have the partnership that we have. It will, um, we, we love, we love helping out in any way that we can. So Jay, it's a pleasure having you and, um, I appreciate it very much. Have a great day, sir.
2: Okay. You too.
1: Welcome back, my friends. Program brought to you in part by Aquatic Management. Aquatic Management is hiring lifeguards around the Indianapolis area. That, I, look, it's Memorial Day weekend, folks. I know it's. If you're like me, this is kind of snuck up on you in the sense of just uh, it's kind of the traditional kickoff of summer, and that's not just what this weekend's about, but which we'll talk about that in a moment. In fact, I've got something I want to share with you from a. A friend of mine who's written something um, on Memorial Day, but, or for Memorial Day. Aquatic Management is looking to hire lifeguards in and around Indianapolis. They've got a lot of openings to fill. They offer lifeguard certification classes, so you don't have to be trained with, you know, and all the certifications and so forth for being a lifeguard. Go to Indianapolis. This could be you. This could be your child, This not, not too young. I mean, if you've got college age or high school age students or grandchild, go to indianapolis-pmg.com, indianapolis-pmg.com. Choose the lifeguarding option for more information and begin the process of application. Again, indianapolis-pmg.com. Check it out. Today. So, I mentioned that this is Memorial Day weekend. This is not just the kickoff of summer. It's become now kind of the uh, traditional, I guess, I don't know, the, the start of the, the marker of the beginning of summer. But that's not what this weekend is just about. I mean, we're into nicer weather. It's a good time of year. Indianapolis 500. Is this weekend, which I'll actually be attending that, so I'm looking forward to to going to the race. I I got to tell you that experience. If you've not been, if you've not been to the Indianapolis 500, uh, it is quite a remarkable thing. I remember the first time I went uh, year, well, probably the second time. I think I went as a little kid and I didn't remember anything. I was probably you know doing finger guns to the cars going around the track or something. But as I went as an adult, I remember. I remember um just the feeling of of I don't know gratitude and pride. It just feels like an all kind of a symbolic all-American event. Fast cars, um the kickoff to, you know, traditional American summers, the the honoring of those who have given their their lives in defense of this great nation, the principles upon which this nation was founded and built the flyover the national anthem the playing of taps i mean it's it's hard for a guy like me to get through that without at least tearing up and then to watch the cars we were in turn three the first year i went to watch the cars come around the track come out of turn two for the first time even on the pace lap it's just it's just a remarkable thing and the year that i went uh the stealth bomber also known as the Batman plane flew over which was incredible it flew right over turn three over the middle of the track and you almost couldn't hear the thing it cast an enormous shadow just an awesome awesome aircraft and just a great great experience but I want to talk about I had something shared with me by a dear friend of mine um, someone who we've had on this program before His name is Krish Dunham. He is an immigrant from the nation of India. He's been an American now for uh, many decades, but he's written this. Actually, he sent this to me and I want to read what he said. This Memorial Day, a memorial to those that gave us this land and a clarion call to those that must keep it for the future. And he put hashtag grateful immigrant. And he is a grateful immigrant. I'm a Grateful citizen of this nation as well. But he's, he's entitled this poem, The American Grave. And again, it's Krish Dunham who wrote this. And I want to share this with you. The land of the free and the home of the brave, now a cauldron of sin and freedom's grave, turning from truth and parading lies, ignoring her people and their cries. The last bastion once of global good, she has fallen far from where she stood, a great beacon of peace and light. She is now a grave of her people's plight. Alas, dear patriot, it is not too late for truth to veto this unfair fate. Rise from this grave with American pride and sound the alarm of Revere's ride. For we must not let evil win or fear the legality of mortal sin as the grave dug by man and race is blessed by God's amazing grace. The God who endowed us with a sign Remains forever our divine. His law alone can turn the page to raise us from this grave with rage. The glory of this, our flying flag, will not uh, will not behind let anyone lag. Spring from the grave, far and wide, history and truth are on your side. The time is now and the people you to voice and shout this call anew. That this nation's grave will never fill, for her patriots still stand on the hill. That's Chris Dunham, a friend of mine. He Chris is just an interesting. Uh, he does a lot of very positive things. He does ministry here and in his home, uh, where he's originally from in, in the nation of India. He's uh, an apologist of sorts. He's He's just a a cultural commentator, and it's a pleasure to get to know him and what he's done. He's been on this program. He's been a guest host on this program before. He asked me to share that, and I would. I told him I would here on this uh, Memorial Day weekend. So, quick timeout. You're listening here to the Home of Conservative. Not bitter talk. I am a grateful citizen. I am grateful for the freedoms and liberties we have in this nation. I am grateful for for those who fought and gave their lives in defense of those principles. And this is the weekend where we can remember. Remember that, honor those who gave their all in defense of these principles and freedoms, and just be thankful. I think to be thankful for what we have might be truly grateful, right? I think that might be one of the best ways to honor those who have fallen, and to take advantage, take advantage of the things that are before us here as free citizens. We have an opportunity. There's a lot of bad things going on in America. There's no, there's no doubt. Sometimes it can be overwhelming, especially if you pay much attention to the Biden administration, although the media just wants to talk about what kind of ice cream he's eating. I don't know if you saw that. We'll talk about that maybe next segment, but I am grateful. I am grateful we have opportunities. We need to seize the moment. Make the most of this and honor those who stood firm to defend this nation, what it means, the greatest place on the face of planet Earth, back here in just a minute. I mentioned this, so I'm going to play this. This It's a very short sound bite. Washington Examiner uh, posted this. This is the sort of treatment, again, (laughs) it's just just remarkable to me. I mean, we knew this would happen. I I think I've even joked about this. I think I've even said, kind of just throwing it out there, Mr. President, when Biden's president, it's what kind of ice cream do you want? What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Um, when Trump's president, it's why did you collude with Russia to steal the election from Hillary, or why do you hate this group of people, or why are you a Nazi? That kind of stuff. This is an actual, <laughs> an actual soundbite um, that happened either yesterday or uh, Wednesday. Let's listen to the question here. Mr. President, what did
2: you do? Chaka, chalka Chip.
1: Oh. Oh, you can barely hear the question. Mr. President, what did you order? Chocolate, chocolate chip. The media gives a resounding... Oh, (laughs) Oh, this is what we're dealing with, folks. This is what we're dealing with. Joe Biden out there in his aviators, maybe with his earpiece in, being coached. Joe, that's a chocolate, chocolate chip ice cream cone. Anyway, out of time here today. Going to take a time out, come back and wrap up for the weekend. Sit tight back here in just a minute. friends i mentioned the situation with uh you know now it's okay to talk about covid coming from a lab by the time we come back on tuesday we won't be on on monday again uh, monday's memorial day so we will not be here monday but by the time we come in on tuesday we may have to say we may have to say that this came from a lab who knows need to consult with jack dorsey and youtube and zuckerberg on that but so I don't have time to get into that today, and who knows where that'll end up, but that's something that's going to change, of course, as time, time goes by. Um, I wanted to ask really quickly here in the waning moments, I wanted to know if, if um, you've heard me say before that this, I have a face for radio, but if I told you that we might be looking at the possibility of starting a television show, I wonder if you would want to watch that. Would you watch that? Would you see, in fact, that I do have a face for radio? But anyway something that we're looking at very seriously here i've got to go have a great weekend sdg happy memorial day